0: Live from San Diego, California, we go live to the newsroom with your host, for Nick's Nerd. What's up guys, it is February, February 1st, it is February 1st, it is February, what the hell man? Why shit goes so much faster when you're older? <laughs> uh, I, I found a new meme that I completely forgot about. It's um, of course it's it's thirty rock, and uh, lemon is like had a rough year, and and Jack is like lemon. It's February, and <laughs> it's it's almost feeling that way. Like I, it's not that bad for me, but it it feels that way sometimes. But hey. We're in it to win it, folks. It's it's me, Nick, your host. Are you sh- surprised? Are you shocked? I mean, I I hope you wouldn't be too surprised. It is me, um, right? I, I mean, I, I don't even know what I'm going on. I don't even know what the hell I'm talking about no more. But how are you guys? Huh? Are you excited for this February? I mean, we got Hogwarts Legacy in a week. Uh, on the tenth, it comes out. Obviously, we won't be talking about it on our next week's show, but the week after, two weeks. So, we'll, we'll have that. Uh, are you guys following me on social media? I, I hope so, because that's where you learn about uh, what's going on with the show. It's when I post new episodes. Well, uh, I started posting TikToks about the show. So, I did not create a separate page for uh, the podcast like I do for Instagram and things like that. Uh, you got to go on my personal TikTok, and I will essentially give you a hint of what's going on on the week for the week so if you guys want to follow there same thing the so it's going to be a little different with with tick though it's the nick defalco that is that is my uh personal social handle so if you guys follow me there you'll see some other stuff i'll be posting more on TikTok as time goes on uh but i just want to let you guys know that's another way for you to get information from me uh if you're a listener uh hopefully bring new listeners Maybe, if you don't want to have a friend listen to a whole hour long podcast, you can kind of um, show them that to kind of give them a preview of, of what I'm like. So, it's just not another opportunity to, to you know, uh, get that side hustle going, right? You know, like, uh, no, I don't know. Uh, it's just, that's just the thing. So, the Nick DeFalco, uh, if you guys want to follow my personal Instagram now, uh, if you want to follow my TikTok, so that's where we're going to be. That's kind of where the show's TikTok is going to be. So I just wanted to um, give you guys that insight. As always, you know, like, share, subscribe, the the page, the podcast, uh, all, all of that stuff, right? The website, whatever whatever works for you. Um, I don't want to force you to do it. If you don't, that's fine too, right? Like, I, I don't, I try to be humble, Obviously, I'm selling myself on the podcast, right? That's what this is. And you're probably like, Nick, quit moaning about bullshit and get to the show. And you know what? That's what I'm going to do. So, without further ado, let's get into this week's news. So, as always, we start the show with what's going on in the video game world. Our biggest story, obviously, is still the news surrounding 343 Industries after uh, Microsoft's massive layoffs. And Jason Schreier, the great, great per- person who has the most ridiculous takes in the video game industry. Um, well, sorry, ignore the Mr. Beast <laughs> video in the background. But um, we have learned uh, some more information about the uh, shenanigans going on, goings on at... Um, at 343, so let me let me just pull that up just so you guys know. So essentially the gist of it, and I can't pull up the article anymore for, for some stupid-ass reason, uh, but there was a lot of turmoil internally at the studio. Uh, there was a fight over going from Slipspace, which was the new engine they literally spent extra time on to create uh, for the game, but apparently it was making development on multiplayer and things like that hard. Um, to, uh, but to switch to Unreal Engine Five, which would ultimately change how Halo feels, plays everything. Um, there were, I guess, people trying to pitch instead of continuing the um, campaign. New Halo games, which they said Infinite would be a ten-year story. Maybe that's not the case anymore. Uh, there's there were issues with hiring, um, you know, contractors over actual work uh, workers. There, there's just been a lot of things, right? They're still going to make Halo games, uh, despite all the rumors that's been going on. About 95 people were laid off. Um, the focus now will be on multiplayer, which kind of sucks. Uh, I don't know if they're going to reset everything, which... Uh, look, if they just... Instead of making Infinite continue, which really sucks because of the way they ended it, um, and instead just going to the next game, I, I, I'm not... I'm not opposed to that, right? Because I love Halo. I'm, I'm fine with that. More Halo is more Halo. What I don't like is that they say this stuff, set it up for DLC, story DLC content, and then not do that. Which is now apparently off the table as well. And that's um, really fucking stupid, if you ask me. I, I think that's really, really, really dumb. Um, again, <laughs> I, 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 I don't. I don't know. I don't like it. It's whatever to me, but it, I I don't understand the decisions that are being made about it, and it it's frustrating for one. Um, I'm sure it sucks for all the people that get, got laid off. It sucks even more probably for the contractors who don't get you know severance or anything like that. So it, it's it's just overall it's a really stupid shitty shitty thing. Oh, wait, I can read the article on my phone? That's really stupid. Um, so, the biggest issues here, let me let me clarify it more. Um, big layoffs, uh, the game came out, right? So, biggest issues here, multiple delays, endless development problems, and a merry-go-round of creative leads. This is all from Jason Schreier's article. Um, obviously, fans turned against the game in the year it's been out. Then, all the layoffs, about 95 people at, at 343. So, there's rumors that they were going to farm out development of Halo to other game companies. Uh, Matt Booty, head of Microsoft's Xbox Game Studios, said in an interview that, quote, 343 will continue as the internal developer for Halo and as the home of Halo, unquote. Um, per Schreier, it says, quote, internally, Booty has assured 343 staff that even as they work with outside partners and outsourcing houses, they will remain in charge. Questions remain, however, about the fate of the Halo franchise as the studio is hollowed out and makes big changes to how it develops games, unquote. So, it looks like they're ditching slip space. Um, that's based on Bungie's old code that they've been using since the 90s, um, but apparently it doesn't work for Halo Infinite anymore. They were going to, I guess, Extraction and Assault, which have been in Halo for a very long time, are not working in the new slipspace engine. Um they want to go over to Unreal Engine, but uh Bonnie Ross and David Berger, who were former heads of the studio, were against it, obviously, because it's gonna change how Halo feels. They're gone. Um there's apparently a new game that's called Tantaka, which is the code name for it. But uh they're working with Certain Affinity on it, which I'm fine with. Certain Affinity is a uh, was created by a former Bungie lead designer. They work on almost all the multiplayer for all the Halos lately. T- totally fine with that. Um, so, a, a lot of other things, right? It, it's just, if you guys check out the article, it's very interesting to see what's what's going on over there. But, it, it, I just really hope that they figure it out. It's my favorite gaming franchise. I really hope they figure it out. That, that's, that's that's all I'm going to say on that anymore at this point, because anymore I'm just going to get frustrated or angry or who knows. Um, now that The Last of Us is on TV, the the spotlight is on Naughty Dog again, and uh, Neil Druckmann's being interviewed to, to hell and back at this point. So this time he was interviewed by BuzzFeed. Uh, Saying Sony, quote, doesn't pressure Naughty Dog. Uh, He said, quote, that's not the case. For us, Uncharted was insanely successful. Uncharted 4 was one of our best selling games, and we're able to put our final brushstroke on that story and say that we're done, we're moving on, unquote. Uh, He said that in response to a question asked if Sony puts pressure on them to make more games. Um, When asked about Last of Us Part, a potential Part 3, he said, quote, we've been pretty open that the next Last of Us game is going to be this multiplayer experience, where you'll, be to, where you'll be able to enter the world of The Last of Us with your friend and get to experience the tension and the brutality of that world, and a brand new story and cast of characters that live in another city we haven't seen yet in the world of The Last of Us. This is going to be another chapter in the universe of The Last of Us." Unquote. So, uh, when it came to a single-player part three, he said, quote, Our process is the same thing we did when we did part two. Which is if we can come up with a compelling story that has this universal message and statement about love, just like the first and second game did, then we will tell that story. If we can't come up with something, we have a very strong ending with part two, and that will be the end, unquote. So, it looks like Naughty Dog <clears throat> either isn't interested in continuing the story right now, or is... Um, content with how things are right now again the fact that they're not making another uncharted i'm fine with right uncharted 4 capped off the story if they do more like lost legacy i i can see that happening does it have to be naughty dog not necessarily but you know it's fine if they don't let them make new things not and here i am i just finished talking about 343 and halo um uh, that's that's different though because 343 is literally halo right that's that's all their focus is it's there to make halo um you know naughty dog crash bandicoot uh, uh, uh jack and Daxter then they did uncharted then they've done the last of us they can continue to do that because they're a larger studio that's what they're they're they they do right three sole purpose is to make Halo games you can always have people coming in and out over time not not a revolving door type deal uh constantly but I mean over time but it it, it, I don't know it's different right um different situations I guess they kind of are the same right and I I sound like a hypocrite but do they need to keep making uncharted no and I'd be fine with that too so it's it's it sucks that we wouldn't get another one but at the same time It told its story, and it's done, which is fine. Um, And speaking of that, The Last of Us has been renewed for a season two uh, at HBO, no surprise there. Neil Druckmann has said that if they do move on to The Last of Us Part Two, the game, that would probably take more than one season of television to go over, which, interesting, actually. Um Phil Spencer recently sat down with IGN. Phil Spencer, of course, head of Xbox at Microsoft. Got very candid with a lot of topics. He thinks that the Activision Blizzard deal will go through now. And, or he says that it it shouldn't be too much of a stretch at this point. Yes, they're getting in trouble with the, or not in trouble. They're going to get involved with an FTC lawsuit. They said it would take 18 months. We're at the 12-month mark, he said, at this point. So... He's more confident in it. He said, quote, The fact that I have more insight, more knowledge about what it means to work with the different regulatory boards, I'm more confident now than I was a year ago, simply based on the information I have and the discussions we've been having. Unquote. So obviously he didn't know how these things work because they're bigger bigger than the Bethesda deal, and he's learning as well. Um, He did confirm that they will have a showcase in June, but... It sounds like they're probably not gonna be at E3. He also admitted that they've kind of failed and at, at they were light too light on games in twenty twenty two. That's a quote from him. He says, quote, our commitment to our fans is that we need to have a steady release of great games that people can play on our platform. And we didn't do enough of that in twenty twenty two. There's no doubt. And fundamentally, that's on me. I'm the head of the business. Unquote. Yes, it is on you, Phil. And and yes, People have been patient for a long time, and yes, you've bought all these new studios, and it takes time to make games, but at the same time, people get very antsy, and even if they know it takes a long time, they, they that just goes out of their head, right? Especially in a year when you had PlayStation release two really amazing games in, you know, God of War, Ragnarok, and Horizon Forbidden West, so... Look, I I understand things are coming. I understand things. Third-party games came out, but we need first-party games. We already had a great drop in with what uh, Hi-Fi Rush, and people are loving. I didn't get to a chance to play it this weekend. Got uh, co-opted into helping family with some things, but there's that. Uh, I, yes, there were some good games last year, but they weren't, you know, triple A. Like Pentiment was not a triple A game. Uh, high on Life. Third party and now might be marred in somewhat controversy, okay? But luckily, we have Redfall coming in May. The new Forza sometime after that. Starfield expected sometime this year as well. So there's a lot of good things that can happen this year. We're just still waiting for it. Um, He confirmed, obviously, 343 is the heart and soul of Halo... We don't need to worry about that. Um, And then they did ask him about comparisons between The Last of Us and The Halo TV Show, right? Obviously, there were issues with The Halo TV Show. A lot of issues. Um, Obviously, people love The Last of Us Show, and that isn't really changing too much. The Halo Show changed a lot. Um, What he did say is, quote, The fact that Neil himself has played a role, obviously, in the creation of the game and the franchise... But see him applying his creative talents in the TV space, if that's even what we call it anymore, video space, television space, I think it's really great. The fact that you take one of the greatest creators from our industry and you can have success in creating in another medium, I just think it shows that the games in the games industry you have some amazing storytellers, amazing creators across all third party, first party. I think it's just a great moment to see the success they're having with the franchise." Unquote. So that that's one thing I love about Phil is he's never one to play into the whole rivalry shit um, and get hyped up and and poke the bear per se yes he does some things but that's more when it's required um when when he's gonna when it's when they're deserving of their achievements he's he just puts the praise on right and and I appreciate that from Phil he's he's more relatable and yes obviously he's a corporate stooge um, he's more relatable than than Jim Ryan is over at PlayStation um, on uh, Doug Bowser what's his whoever took over for Reggie Fisa me at Nintendo he's been kind of not as in the forefront as Reggie was which kind of sucks but at the end of the day you know it's fun to see these interviews with them what I appreciate about Phil as well is he'll do interviews with gaming journal, journalism, right? And, like, cool people, whereas Jim Ryan interviews with, like, Forbes and Bloomberg and stuck-up, stuffy Wall Street Journal types, and it's like, bro, know your audience, dude. So, uh, and and building off of that, right, and Activision uh, Blizzard's exec, um, Lulu Cheng Messervi, uh, their CCO, uh, tweeted out the strangest thing um, this weekend, saying uh, on Twitter, quote, hi at FTC, did you catch last night's episode of The Last of Us? It was incredible. No wonder the show is breaking records. It's a true blockbuster, watched by tens of millions. If you haven't already, you should check it out. You may be t- particularly interested in the fact that uh, Sony has an unrivaled r- war chest of IP, not just in gaming, but TV, movies, and music, which can be developed into games or can market existing games. It's no wonder they also continue to dominate the mar- as the market leader for consoles and gaming. Sony is the first of us, and they will be just fine without the FTC's protection." Unquote. That was over two tweets. Obviously, she's getting a little feisty trying to protect the deal. Um, I've seen a lot of comments on this online. Some ranging from, no, this is ridiculous and unhinged. Kotaku with the hottest take of all, as per usual. Uh, but then a lot of people are like, no, she kind of has a point. Like, it, At the end of the day, Sony's not going to be hurt by the Activision Blizzard deal if it goes through. They keep bitching and moaning and bitching and moaning about Call of Duty, despite the fact that Microsoft has made many uh, points to say you're not losing Call of Duty. Um, Sony sells stuff without Call of Duty, right? Um, and and I was actually talking with a friend who who made a really good point. Like, at this point, Activision, yes, they own these IPs and stuff, but at this point, Blizzard makes some games... And then Activision just makes Call of Duty. Pretty much all of their studios, studios, and I've made this point before, all of their studios have been turned into Call of Duty machines. Right? That's literally all they do at this point is make or help assist on Call of Duty. I, I when was the last time a Activision studio put out their own game? And yes, I guess Toys for Bob it, it can, you know, work on on Crash Bandicoot and stuff. But then when I see their name pop up on Call of Duty, it just proves that all Activision cares about is Call of Duty. And Microsoft at that point is buying technically only four games, right? Crash, Call of Duty, Diablo, and StarCraft. Like, really? And Sony's bitching and moaning about Call of Duty. I get it. Call of Duty is a juggernaut. It sells the most every year. A lot of people, they only buy one or two games a year. You know what those two games are? Call of Duty and FIFA or Madden. So, it, it, I get it. I 100% get it. Will it really change the the, 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 the market? I, I don't know. Sony has a 40% share. Microsoft has a 20% share. Do you think them buying Activision Blizzard will automatically give them another 20% share? No. It won't. And and I think that exec brought up Nintendo as well. Like obviously Nintendo's doing fine over there, um, you know, in their own world without Call of Duty. So it, it it's it's interesting for sure. So here's the rest of her tweet. Let me get that. Quote The Last of Us was produced by Sony Pictures Television and PlayStation Productions. It's based on a best-selling video game developed by a Sony owned studio. And published by Sony as a PlayStation exclusive. Why does this matter? Unquote. And that's when she went into the rest of her tirade. Like, whatever, man. I'm not even... At this point, I, I, I don't even care. It's not worth wasting breath over. So, we've learned that Amazon is working on a new live-action uh, Tomb Raider show... This is going to be written by Phoebe Waller-Bridge, who will actually be in the new Indiana Jones film, since they recently partnered up with Crystal Dynamics to publish the next you know, Tomb Raider game. No mention, though, of the Netflix animated series that's supposed to star Haley Atwell. I don't even... Is that still happening? I'm very confused now. Very, very confused. Um, we also learned that Zelina Vega of the WWE... Will actually be a commentator in uh, in in Street Fighter Six. I don't I don't know how how that works. Um, (laughs) um, We've also found out the cover athlete for MLB The Show twenty three. It'll be Jazz Chisholm of Miami of the Marlins. uh, That releases soon. Uh, We also learned what the games with gold and PSN Plus games will be this month for February. So for games with gold, it's going to be For the King and Guts and Goals. I've never heard of either of those games. On PSN Plus, you have Ollie Olly World, Mafia Definitive Edition, Evil Dead the Game, and Destiny 2 Beyond Light. So if you're a subscriber to either of those services, you get those games. Um, We've also learned that E3 is effectively dead again. So, any new bombshell report from IGN of all places? Xbox, Nintendo, and Sony will not be a part of E3 this year. So, despite E3 happening in physical form for the first time in several years, none of them will be there. Um, which is very interesting. It's it's been a while since none of them were there. So it looks like Microsoft will have their show sometime in the summer. Nintendo will have a Direct at some point, uh, and no word on if Sony will have anything or if they'll save it for later in the year. Uh, The ESA, which is the Entertainment Software Association, says, quote, um, Let me see. Oh, ReadPop took over. I don't like ReadPop that much. Um, So the ESA, where is their quote? I'm looking for it. I'm very confused at... uh, What's going on? Hold on. Um, A lot of people don't like how ReadPop handled it in the past. So, it hasn't had a physical event since 2019, right, right. Um, Oh, okay, here's the message that they put out. Sorry. So, it says, quote, as you have likely seen ign published an article last night about e3 while we are not able to comment on the specific claims in the article we wanted to share our commitment to moving forward with e3 e3 has a rich history within our industry and we are always heartened to feel the passion for the show and hear what it means to different people reviving a trade show after a three-year hiatus and a global pandemic was always going to have its challenges which is why we conducted an extensive search in consultation with the ESA member companies to identify the best partner to produce E3. In selecting ReadPop as our partner, we have been able to tap into their rich history of hosting popular industry events like PAX and broader consumer shows like Comic-Con. They have made strong progress in reshaping the event and have received tremendous support from the industry, companies of all sizes who are not only thinking about E3 2023, but how 3 E3 fits into marketing plans for 2024 and beyond. It's important to note that even as the show evolves and adapts, it will not impact the core of ESA's work for its member companies. Our priority remains advocating for your policy interests on the state and federal level. We will share news and developments regarding E3 as they are available. If you have questions in the meantime, feel free to reach out to me. Thank you for your ongoing support. Unquote. So... <laughs> Everything's fine here. How are you? One of those again. Uh, Xbox, Sony, and Nintendo, if I'm not mistaken, are all on the board of the ESA. Uh, but, you know, it, it's it's, it's um, place in the video game world has slowly been dying again, right? Uh, with the advent of social media and Twitch and YouTube and things like this, E3 has kind of lost its... It's je ne sais quoi, right? It's 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 luster, it's 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 oomph. Uh Somehow, Gamescom has has avoided that, but but E three, I, I think that's because Gamescom allowed you know general fans. Uh, uh, e three has been exclusive to journalists and industry folk for a while, and yes, it's a trade show. It is an industry trade show. Those are not always the most glamorous, fun things to go to. So. I get it. Um, it. A lot of it's marketing speak, right? Just like that statement I just read from the ESA. So it's 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 interesting to see, but I, I don't think it it's as necessary as it used to be, especially with the Game Awards as well. I, I get it, right? Everyone wants to see those showcases, the big trailers, the vertical slices. Uh, it, it's, a, it's like a firm point in time when, when we know they're all coming together to announce stuff. But if it has to die... Uh, like uh, Ivan Drago, you know, in in Rocky, if he dies, he dies, right? It's obvious at this point. Um, <laughs> uh, Microsoft has announced a price hike on the Xbox Series X and S in Japan. Uh, not a very big hike, but big, but a hike nonetheless. Uh, the Series X will go from four hundred twenty three us dollars to 462 us dollars um wow well, it's cheaper in japan uh, i don't i i saw the yen amount but I, I know that doesn't equate necessarily uh and that could always change to be honest exchange rates aren't always stable um and well that price never mind uh 248 it will go from 248 to 292 on the series s so a 40 jump on the X and a fifty jump on the uh, almost a fifty jump on the S uh, PSVR two <laughs> looks like it's already heading for disaster. This is this is not shocking to me at all at all at all. So Sony has allegedly slashed production. Uh, rate of the PSvr2 because Sony's denying these reports uh, but pre-order numbers are are low very low looks like it's dead on arrival um, so via a Bloomberg report via multiple unnamed sources uh, Sony was forecasting it would ship just 1 million units during this first financial quarter from September of 22 to March of 23. Um, which includes the PSVR 2's release at the end of this month, but uh, and that's when they had, had initially expected to ship 2 million units, but it looks like forecasting was down, which forecasting is down across every industry. I, I can attest to that in my own, in my, my actual job. Um, they re- Sony said, gave a statement to gamesindustry.biz, saying they've quote not cut PlayStation VR2 production numbers and it is quote seeing enthusiasm from PlayStation fans for the upcoming launch unquote uh, <laughs> I don't know there Sony what what's the truth huh I, I uh, Bloomberg has a very good track record um, but but this also goes in with a new report uh, so meta just released its um, I guess it just released its its financial report, its financial earnings. So Meta overall brought in 32.1 billion in revenue across all platforms and apps last year, but it lost 13.72 billion in VR in 2022. So <laughs> and no wonder they raised the price. That's ridiculous. Uh, this has been reported via decrypt.co. Meta's Reality Labs only brought in 727 million in revenue in the final months of 2022. So, and they've been they've been dumping billions into the division over the year. So, that's down 17% from the same uh, division in 2021. Whoa, that's not good. What is Horizon Worlds? That's their flagship. Oh, med, the Metaverse. That's, huh, most of the worlds inside the metaverse are empty and barely played. That's funny. Oh, the employees don't even use it. Eee, that's not good. Just, um, I don't understand why they raised the price by $100 on that thing. That was not smart at all. I don't know what meta was thinking with that, but... Maybe VR is uh, not the future, we were promised. (laughs) Uh, Star Wars Jedi Survivor, which was expected out in March, uh, the sequel to Star Wars Jedi... What's the first game? Fallen Order. (laughs) Had a memory blank there. Has been delayed six weeks to April 28th. So, a full month and a half uh, delay on that, which is fine. That's not long. They can polish the game up. Um... Resident Evil 4 Remake, which is is coming, I guess they're remaking all of them, uh, has ditched its quick, it's no, what am I saying? It's notable, that's what I meant. It's notable quick time events, and they will be adding in side quests, so it's more than just a remake. Uh, EA has cancelled Apex Legends Mobile, and, uh, well, not cancelled, it's shutting it down, but it's cancelled Battlefield Mobile. They did say there's the potential for it to come back in the future. I doubt it, though. Uh, Speaking of which, apparently EA canceled a secret Titanfall single-player game, which is going to cause the frustration of many fans, myself included, who wish for a Titanfall 3 to exist. Titanfall 2 was one of the most underrated, most underappreciated shooters of the year it came out. It launched against... Some juggernauts. I'm pretty sure Halo 5 came out that year. One of the battlefields. A really good Call of Duty. Um, Like, and EA even, like, let it it go out to die, essentially. Which sucked, because it was such a great game. It was such an improvement over the first one. I I really hope that eventually they they bring it back. Uh, EA apparently is looking for new positions for the 50 developers that were working on it. Uh, and if they don't find a new position for them internally, they will lose their jobs, unfortunately. I, I hope there's a happy ending there. Um, and our final two stories today. So, Sony will be removing the PlayStation Plus collection from, uh, from the PS5. I don't know what the PlayStation Plus collection is. Uh, that will begin on May 9th but you'll be able to redeem titles from the collection until that date and continue to access them afterward as long as they remain subscribers to PlayStation Plus. So, it's been there since 2020, so this isn't part of their relaunch that they did. Um, Those games include Bloodborne, Days Gone, Detroit Become Human, God of War, Infamous Second Son, Ratchet & Clank, The Last Guardian, The Last of Us Remastered, Until Dawn, and Uncharted 4. Uh, it also included Batman Arkham Knight, Battlefield 1, Black Ops 3, Zombies Chronicle Edition, Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy, Fallout 4, Final Fantasy Fifteen Royal Edition, Monster Hunter World, and Mortal, Mortal Kombat X, and Resident Evil 7 Biohazard. Um, Persona 5 used to be part of it, but was removed last May. Uh, but all, all, the rest of this collection, like I said, will be... Uh, leaving that platform in May. So if you want to get a hold of those, get a hold of those now. Uh, Otherwise, you'll lose it. Uh, And then over on the Microsoft side, Microsoft has announced 46 games will be removed from the Xbox 360 marketplace on February 7th. Uh, If that affects them on other consoles, I'm not sure. But I don't... Oh, and it's official... I'm very confused. Disc disc versions of these games will remain playable and previously downloaded copies can be played. Uh, Gamatsu reported that the versions of these games available to download on Xbox One or Xbox Series consoles will remain on those respective stores. Oh, so this is only on the 360 store if you still are playing on a 360. So if you are, uh, you will not be able to purchase, um, in the United States at least, Wing, Assassin's Creed Brotherhood 3, 4, and Liberation HD. Blood of the Werewolf, Blue Dragon, Breakdown, Call of Duty Advanced Warfare and Ghosts, Castle Crashers, Cloning Clyde, Counter-Strike Go, Dark Souls, Darksiders 2, Daytona USA, Defense Grid, Eats, Chowdown, Far Cry 2, Final Flight, Diblimpact, Iron Brigade, Jeremy McGrath's Off-Road, Jet Set Radio, Left 4 Dead and Left 4 Dead 2, Limbo, Lost Odyssey, Mass Effect 2, Monopoly Deal, Mutant Blobs Attack, N Plus, Outpost, Colloquie X, Peggle 2, Phantom Breaker, Prince of Persia, Ruse, Sega Vintage Collection, Alex and Kid Co Skate 2, South Park, Stick of Truth, Spelunky, Splinter Cell Conviction, Star Wars Battlefront, Knights of the Old Republic 2, Orange Box, and The Raven, Episode 1, and The Witcher 2, Assassins of Kings. So if you're still on a 360, which, hey, more power to you, man. <laughs> I don't think 360's been made in, like, a while, and I think i mean xbox one came out 10 years ago at this point so (laughs) more power to you bro if you're paying bro i don't more power to you if if you're playing on 360 you can't get those games anymore but that is it for video games let's head on over to tv so what's going on in the tv world huh huh well did you guys know that Netflix was filming a live action Squid Game? A reality Squid Game. Obviously, Squid Games Live Action. It wasn't a cartoon or anime. Well, apparently people are getting really hurt on the set of it. So Netflix is is disputing the claims, but multiple people have required medical assistance on the first day of filming in the UK because it got so cold. This is via variety. Players were among 456 contestants taking part in a round of red light, green light. Um, And because they reached a low of zero degrees Celsius... Ooh, that's cold. (laughs) Uh, The Sun, which is a tabloid in England, spoke to them and said, quote, Some people couldn't move their feet because it was so cold, uh, unquote. Or, quote, you could hear someone yell medic and the crew would rush on, unquote. Wait a minute. So... How do you get, like, eliminated? Because obviously they can't kill kill people. Um, Netflix said, quote, We care deeply about the health and safety of our cast and crew and invested in all the appropriate safety procedures. While it was very cold on set and participants were prepared for that, any claims of serious injury are untrue. Unquote. Okay, Netflix, you're just trying to protect yourself. Um, Speaking of Netflix, we'll continue. Got a lot of stories about Netflix today. Uh, Netflix has dominated the streaming charts for 2022. Uh, 52 billion mi- minutes viewed um, across their Stranger Things seasons. Um, so, via Niel- Nielsen's uh, ratings this year, this is via Variety. So, this is this is the list, right? Overall top streaming series of 2022. Uh, this is so that 52 billion minutes was 2022 alone. Stranger Things. Uh, then NCIS was watched on Netflix and not Paramount Plus, interestingly enough. 38.1 billion minutes watched. Coco Melon, 37.8 billion minutes. Ozark, 31.3 billion. Encanto on Disney Plus, 27.4 billion minutes watched. Grey's Anatomy on Netflix, 26.8 billion. Criminal Minds across various platforms, 24.9 billion. Bluey on Disney Plus, 21.1 billion children, Jesus Christ. Uh, Gilmore Girls, 20.8 billion. Seinfeld on Netflix, 19.3 billion. Supernatural, Wednesday, Heartland, Cobra Kai, all on Netflix. And then The Simpsons on Disney Plus. Uh, Top streaming series, originals of 2022, obviously Stranger Things. Ozark, Wednesday, Cobra Kai, Bridgerton, Virgin River, Dahmer, Love is Blind, Inventing Anna, the Crown, those were all Netflix. The Boys was the most watched superhero show on streaming with 10.6 billion minutes watched. Then, then that was a break in Netflix. Then you have more Netflix with Great British Baking Show, Umbrella Academy, Last Kingdom, Rings of Power, pa- and then Rings of Power, rounding out original list. So Netflix dominated the streaming charts this this year. Or last year. No surprise there. Um They've also uh, announced that their One Piece live action show will premiere this year. They released a picture, a poster. So HBO has announced that Succession will return for season four on March 26th. And have released a trailer which shows the Roy family very much at odds. Um, and then circling back to Netflix here. The Cowboy Bebop creator says he could not even finish watching the first episode of of the live-action remake. Uh, Shin, Shinichiro Watanabe, the creator of, of the original anime, kind uh, of Cowboy Bebop, said uh, in an interview with Forbes, quote, It started with a scene in a casino, which made it very tough for me to continue. I stopped there and so only saw that opening scene. It was clearly not Cowboy Bebop, and I realized at that point that if I wasn't involved, it would not be Cowboy Bebop. I felt that maybe I should have done this although the value of the original anime is somewhere somehow far higher now, unquote. Um. <laughs> wow. That's not a good look and that's a, probably another reason it got canceled to be honest. I couldn't even finish watching it. It just it it was so different. Yes, the casting was great, but it just it didn't something was wrong. Something was off. With with it. I, I, I tried. It looked so good, though. Um, yeah, I, I'm not sure. Paramount Plus has announced they will be merging with Showtime. Uh, obviously, Viacom owns both. But, or I think they're called CBS now as a company. I'm not entirely sure. Or they're Paramount again. I don't know. That company changes its name every other week at, at this point. But, so... CEO Bob Backish announced the consolidation of Paramount Plus and Showtime. Uh, it will be called Paramount Plus with Showtime, which it should have just been left as Paramount Plus. But, uh, again, I, d- I don't know. Um, they said uh, President Chris McCarthy of Paramount said, quote, put more resources into building out the lanes that have made the Showtime brand famous, as well as turning our hit shows into a global hit franchises." unquote. Uh, he also said, quote, to do this, we will divert divert investment away from areas which are underperforming and then account for less than 10% of our views. We have already begun conversations with our production partners about what content makes sense moving forward and which shows a franchise potential, unquote. Meaning, via Deadline Hollywood, both Let the Right One In and American Gigolo have been canceled at the platform. Um Oh, they were bundled and discounted in the middle of last year together. Didn't know that, and uh, more cancellations will probably be on the way, but no word on a price hike or anything like that. Um, I, I like Showtime. Even like, do people care about Showtime anymore? I I don't even know. I don't even know. Um, Rupert Grant was being interviewed. Uh, Because he does have, uh, he's in that new M. Light Shyamalan movie, Knock at the Cabin. uh, And someone asked him, you know, about Harry Potter. Apparently he does not have very nice things to say about filming Harry Potter. But he is very willing to pass on the torch and thinks a TV reboot would be best, surprisingly. Um, Hulu has ordered the revival of King of the Hill. So that is moving forward with Mike Judge and most of the... Original cast returning. Uh, And then over at Paramount Plus. The Frazier revival has begun production. So they're going to start filming uh, now. As Frasier returns to Boston apparently. Shout out to Cheers. Um, (laughs) uh, Pennyworth has been cancelled at HBO Max. After three seasons. Um, Twilight Zone has been pulled from Paramount Plus as well. I'm not sure why. They've done that. That's an odd thing to, to pull off the platform. Um, and then before I get into some reviews, this is our last TV story. Netflix today laid out its plans in regards to its passing share passing password sharing crackdown. So uh, this is G hacks has reported that. They put this all up on their own updated FAQ page. FAQ page, um, it's for this is for the U.S. and U.K. that some time in the future devices may require verification if they are not associated with the Netflix household. So the FAQ page also points out that, um, so the FAQ pages in countries where Netflix is testing out their additional fee for sharing the password, that. Um, Devices must connect to the Wi-Fi at the primary location watch something on Netflix at least once every 31 days Um, The company will use information as quote IP addresses device IDs and account activity Unquote to determine things Uh, No word yet on when the crackdown will happen in the u.s But we can expect some of these things to actually happen uh, here as well uh, like device verification and you having to log in at least once a month. And obviously IP address is going to be a big, big part of that. Shout out to people using VPNs. <laughs> um, and before we move on to TV, I do want to talk about two Disney Plus shows that were on TV today. Uh, I do want to talk about the National Treasure Edge of History show. Which uh, I've been watching. And it started off... Really lame and cheesy, and then it got pretty good, and now it's really lame and cheesy again. It, it One of the characters it's, it brought back from the movies, they've just done a complete 360 on, and I was just like, this is fucking stupid. Um, the show, like some of it comes off as like very well production, very high production levels, and then other parts come off like a cheesy, like sci-fi channel show. And it's like this is Disney Plus. This is a huge franchise for you that you're trying to bring back, and this is the production quality you give it. It it's dog shit sometimes. Like I I think some Nickelodeon shows had better production value, and that's saying a lot. <laughs> like I I this is bad beyond all compare sometimes. And now the story is just it's asinine, and I it's it it's so convoluted. And so cheesy and so predictable. And at the same time, they take a character who was really cool and in the show at least. He was he was a, pretty much a background character in the movies. Um, but they take a character who's been really great all season and, and somewhat of a person like that you enjoy. And then they do a complete uh, uh, 180 on the character. And it's like, what the fuck? Do not like it at all. The final episode is next week. Uh, then, The Bad Batch was also on today. And it's a great episode. They take a lot of elements from a scrapped um, Clone Wars arc that would have featured The Bad Batch on Kashyyyk, the homeworld of the Wookiees. And um, they take a lot of elements from that and they put it in this new story that they're telling in The Bad Batch. And it, it does feature uh, Gun Gun Gungi. Gun, Gunji. The Wookiee youngling from the Clone Wars. Um, so it's cool to have... This is the first time a Jedi has been in in the Bad Batch since its premiere uh, last year. And we go back to Kashyyyk. They fight off Trandoshans. There's, there's AAT tanks that have been taken over by the Empire. There's a lot of Wookiees. There's a lot of cool stuff. It is a very fun episode. And it always shows the Bad Batch always doing the right thing. Even if it means they're not going to get their money. Really great episode. I've been loving season two so far. I uh, can't wait to see where the rest of season two goes. And hopefully we get a season three. But that is it for TV. Let's move on to the movie world, Hollywood, because there's a lot of big stuff we're going to talk about today. This this is going to be a long episode, folks. So I I know you've been here a while. It's going to keep going. Um, the Thunderbolts have cast a new character, an undisclosed character, uh, and she will be played by newcomer from the show, The Chef, uh, that's on Hulu, or no, what's that show called? The one, um, The Bear, The Bear, that's what it is, um, from The Bear, uh, her name is Ayo Edibisi. I guess she's a really good character on the show. I haven't watched The Bear, but she's been casting the Thunderbolts in an undisclosed role. Usually when Marvel does that, it's either a very important character or one that might not be super important, but one they want to keep secret until closer to the movie's release. So we'll see what happens with that. Especially now that we've learned that Hannah John Kamen Hannah John might not be in it as Ghost. Uh, Toby Maguire has said that there's no reason he would say no if someone called again to play Spider-Man. Uh, he spoke. I guess he was talking to. Oh, this was in the official movie special for Spider-Man: No Way Home. It's a companion book. Uh, he said, "quote I love these films and I love all the different series. If these guys called me and said, Would you show up tonight to hang out and goof around, or would you show up to do this movie, or read a scene, or do a Spider-Man thing?'" It would be a yes, because why wouldn't I want to do that, unquote. Um, He also said, quote, when they called me initially, I was like, finally, I got the call, and I was immediately open about coming to do this. Not without nerves, you know, what will this look like, and what will the experience be, but to get to show up with beautiful, talented, creative people and play together, it's just like, yes, it's fun and exciting, Um, which is, wait, who said that, uh... That's really cool. I'm really happy that Toby's down, which means I really hope they bring him back for Secret Wars. Um, I, I honestly, if they don't bring Toby back for Secret Wars after hearing this, then they have failed. They, they have failed at preparing for Secret Wars. But that's them. I'm, I'm happy to hear that. Uh, going back to streaming, kind of. So Glass Onion overtook. The uh, overtook Hocus Pocus 2 as the most streamed movie over a one-week period. No surprise, it came out on Christmas time, and a lot of people were home watching Netflix, so it makes sense. Um, Avatar The Way of Water has now become the fourth highest-grossing film of all time. Uh, When I last checked, it was at $2.07 billion, which means it overtakes The Force Awakens. Um, and let's see where it's at now. Uh, Box Office Mojo. What are the numbers? Show me the numbers, baby. Avatar The Way of Water is now at $2.128 billion worldwide. Domestic has made or dollars Oh, wow. Um... No surprise there, really, right? I mean, at this point, it's it's, and everyone thought it wasn't gonna do well. Get out of here, man! Jesus, it's it's it's. Sometimes, sometimes I wonder. Sometimes I wonder, people. So, uh, domestic, obviously, it hasn't reached to what. Um, Star Wars The Force Awakens did, which was $936 million domestically. Um, it's getting there, though. It's number 10 domestically, so it, it it potentially can get there. Worldwide, though, like I said, it is now number 4. The only things ahead of it are Avatar, which is at $2.923 billion, Avengers Endgame, which is at $2.799 billion, and Titanic, which is two point one nine four. billion. So, Avatar The Way of Water, I'm sure, will overtake Titanic at some point in the next few weeks. Uh, It's only about 70 million behind. So, it it can probably get there, I'm I'm sure. I could be wrong, though. I don't know. Um, So, let's see here. Jordan Peele got candid about not directing Akira. Uh, Akira, the Ameri- or at least an adaptation of it. Uh, he felt that it maybe opened the door to more um, opportunities for him to do his own thing. Uh, he hopes the movie is made one day, but with an all-Japanese cast, of course. Um, Dave Bautista opened up saying that uh, he's okay giving up on playing Bane. Uh, he really wanted to play Bane, the uh, luchador wrestler from, from DC Comics. Uh, I guess he had a meeting... With James Gunn and came away understanding that James wants to start with newer and fresher actors. Totally understand he's ready to pass on the baton, even though he never got to play him. I guess in last year or the year before, he literally forced a meeting with DC and told them, I'm Bane, I'm playing Bane, there's no question, which I'm cool with. Like, I dig that a lot. Um, but there won't be a, he won't be playing Bane in the DCU as it stands now. Uh, The John Wick producers say that John Wick 4 will have the most action of the series, which, that's a mind-bending statement. Uh, Will Smith confirms Bad Boys 4 is official, um, saying, we shouldn't have called Bad Boys 3 Bad Boys for Life, because now we don't have a title for (laughs) 4. That's funny. Uh, Michael B. Jordan says Creed 4 is happening, because he wants to expand the Creed-verse. Can we just get rid of uh, verses now? Like, it, not everything has to be a universe or a multiverse. It makes sense for the MonsterVerse with with Godzilla. It makes sense for Marvel, and it makes sense for DC. Not for Creed, right? It's technically the Rocky verse, Michael B. Bro, no, you're no, <laughs> like, yes, technically it's the Rocky verse if you want to call it that, but what we're really here for what we are really here for is james gunn made his promise that he would announce the slate (laughs) this month or january and he did on the last day and he had a lot to say so first i want to talk about the official slate of the new dcu and what will be canon so Uh, We have learned about several new TV shows and several new um, movies. So uh, this will be what they're calling Chapter 1, Gods and Monsters. It is for their 8 to 10 year plan. Um, So this is the new roadmap. Like I said, uh, Chapter 1, Gods and Monsters. And this was uh, unveiled at a press event uh, just a few days ago. So, uh, let me get into it here. The Flash will be the big DC reset. Um, They are keeping Ezra around for now. They said that he, sorry, they said that they are getting a lot of help and and working on themselves. Um, So, James said this, quote, I think we've gotten lucky with the next four movies, frankly, because we have Shazam!, which leads into Flash, which resets everything, which then goes into Blue Beetle, which is totally disconnected. He can totally be a part of the DCU. That goes into Aquaman, which leads into Superman, our first big project. So, if I'm reading that properly, technically Aquaman is kind of being blurring, blurring the lines here from the old DCEU into the new DCU. Um, he says this, the one thing we can... prompt. But the one thing we can promise is that everything from Superman forward, or actually you'll see in a second, from our first project forward will be canon and will be connected. We're using some actors from the past, we're not using other actors from the past, but everything from that moment forward will be connected and consistent. Uh, Peter Safran went then said quote the DCU is a multiverse but we're going to be focusing on one universe from that multiverse and if something isn't DCU we're going to make that very clear so strictly adult fare like Todd Phillips Joker or kids animation like Teen Titans Go we're going to make it very clear that those are DC Else worlds, just the same way they'd be doing in the comic books unquote uh, their plan is to release two movies and two HBO Max series per year and um, they're in, in talks with three directors out of the five movies announced. And all in all, they currently have an eight to ten year plan um, with, with two chapters being worked out. All actors involved will apparently sign a ten year deal for both movie and TV appearances. Their plan is to have, if you voice a character on an animated show, you will play that character in live action. Um, so, let's talk about the movies Um, so let's see here, where is it? So the first movie will be Superman Legacy, uh, dated for July 11th, 2025, um, and it will be a new story that James Gunn wrote himself, and it will feature a younger Clark Kent early in his reporting career, it won't be an origin story, and the quote, Quote, the film will explore Clark's struggle to balance his Kryptonian heritage with his Kansas upbringing and deal with the challenge of being a kind hero in an unkind world. Quote, unquote. Uh, James Gunn doesn't know if he will direct yet, but he is writing it. Uh, the next film uh, technically will not be part of the DCU. It is an Elseworlds story, but it will be The Batman Part Two, which is a sequel to The Batman. Matt Reeves returning to write and direct with Robert Pattinson returning um and uh so no word yet on what it will be about but that will release october 3rd 2025 then the next film will be the brave and the bold this will be the dcu batman uh this is so they will have two versions of cinematic batman going forward which i think people will understand this is called the brave and the bold and it will deal with the full bat family Uh, Quote centering specifically on Bruce Wayne's ten-year-old son Damien the movie will draw heavily from Grant Morrison's Batman comics Unquote so this will feature Batman learning about Damien James James Gunn called Damien like a little son of a bitch assassin kind of kid if you've read that run in the comics You'll understand Uh, and it will also introduce other aspects of the Bat family the next movie will be Supergirl woman of tomorrow um, and it will have a new Supergirl. It could be Sasha Kaley who is in the Flash movie. It could not be. Um, quote, Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow is a movie based on Tom King and Bill Quiss Ev- Ev- comic of the same name. This Supergirl is one who spent much of her early life living on a fragment of Krypton that was dislodged in the planet's destruction. And it's, unquote. James Gunn also says, quote, she grew up in a horrible situation where she watched everybody around her die, unquote. The next film will be The Authority. Um, this is like uh, almost like the DC's The Boys. Um, they kind of just dole out justice, what they think is right. It, the only character I know from The Authority is Midnighter. Um, and he's like a more brutal Batman. Uh, the next movie is Swamp Thing. However, Swamp Thing will be an Elseworlds film. Uh, and it will tell the story of Swamp Thing. Um, and then, so let's, that's on the movie side of things. And it looks like James Mangold, um, and is already in talks to helm, um, Swamp Thing. So I guess he's finishing up James uh, uh, Indiana Jones and go from there. Um... So yeah, Superman Legacy, Supergirl Warman of Tomorrow, Brave and the Bold, Swamp Thing, and The Authority. Uh, so the next, let's talk about TV shows. So the first thing we'll see from the new DCU is Creature Commandos, an animated show. Uh, i will be on HBO Max. James Gunn has already written the entire seven episodes, and it's already in production. It will feature the likes of Rick Flagg Sr., uh, Nina Mazursky, Dr. Phosphorus, Frankenstein, Bride of Frankenstein... G.I. Robot, and Weasel, and uh, it will be about a team led by Amanda Waller. So this will be the first project. They did show off an image of what the cast looks like. looks kind of cool. The next TV show they want to make is called Paradise Lost. They're calling it a, quote, Game of Thrones type story, unquote. It will take place on Paradise Island, or Themyscira, the birthplace and home of uh, Wonder Woman. And it will, quote, focus on the creation and politics of this all-women society, um, unquote. Then, more shows coming to HBO Max. Uh, One of them will be called uh, Waller, uh, which is Amanda Waller. And it will see the return of Viola Davis. And it will take place between Peacemakers Season 1 and 2. And it will be canon, I guess. Um, And Team Peacemaker will show up in it as well. Then, it was announced that Lanterns, which is a true detective-like show, will be a live-action Green Lantern show focusing on Jon Stewart and Hal Jordan. And then, Booster Gold. We are getting a Booster Gold show, and it looks like they're already in talks with an actor to take over. Um, James Gunn was asked about uh, Ezra Miller, and he said, quote, let's see what happens, unquote. Um, He also said that the Flash is the greatest fucking superhero movie he's ever seen. Let me let me get the exact quote because I, I'm surprised by it. Um, hold on one second. Pulling it up now. So James Gunn said, quote, The Flash is fucking amazing. It's one of the best superhero movies that I've ever seen. Andy Muschietti did an amazing job and I'm really excited for everyone to see it, unquote. <laughs> That's a glowing, glowing admission from James Gunn. Um, he also said they wouldn't answer one way or another uh, in regards to Ezra saying, quote, when the time is right, we'll have the conversation, unquote. Um, other things, like I said, still coming are, uh, Gotham Knights, Superman and Lois, which is still on. Pennyworth was just canceled. Uh, obviously the Arrowverse is wrapping up this year with the Flash. Um, he was talking about Henry Cavill and said, quote, It's important to say that Henry Cavill was not fired. Henry was just not hired to be Superman in the Superman movie. There was never a deal there for another movie, and that's not what it was, unquote. He also said, quote, Henry was dicked around. Um, He got really, really candid um, about, about, like, DC and the former leadership at Warner Brothers, and (laughs) it... uh, let me let me get the exact quotes cuz he he did not hold back at all. And and I'm 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 happy he did to be honest. So essentially here's here's an, a direct quote. He said, "Quote, I wanted to take care of these characters. We all know it's been a fucked up road for many of them for the past few years, and I really thought it was a ch- it, it is a challenge, but I think it's a possibility to create something really wonderful with these characters. The history has been shit. It's been a real fucked up journey for DC." I think that there was basically no one minding the mint, and they were giving out IP to any creative that smiled at whoever was in charge. There was never any real power given to the people in charge, and so somebody could always go over their head and do whatever they wanted. We had the DCEU, which then became the Joss Whedon Justice League, but it also became the Snyderverse, which became this. And then we have Wonder Woman and Wonder Woman 2, which doesn't even match what happened... In Wonder Woman one, and then we have the Arrowverse, and even us coming in with the Suicide Squad and Peacemaker, and you know what is it exactly? And all of a sudden, Batmite's a real guy. So how can we take these things together and make them w- sen- make them make sense and have them unified and have them be one real universe, one real world? Unquote. So he's essentially saying like, they literally just let anyone do whatever they want, um, <laughs> if someone smile. And I get it because it kind of makes sense. Um, he also said, um, let me see. Oh yeah. Uh, I'm trying to find the quote about, um, about Henry and just other things. It was, it was very, I I liked what he had to say and I'm trying to find it. I can't find it. I don't know what happened. But anyway, the, the final bit I want to talk about all this is Peter Safran was also kind of quite candid. Um, and he actually opened up about Batgirl and um, he said, this is via Variety, he said, quote, Batgirl's char- a character that inevitably we will include in our story. On the Batgirl front, it's not about l- late in the process of the film getting canceled. I saw the movie, and there are a lot of incredibly talented people in front of and behind the camera on that film. But that film was not releasable, and it happens sometimes. I actually think that President uh Zaslav and the team made a very bold and courageous decision to cancel it because it would have hurt DC, it would have hurt those people involved, uh, quote-unquote. So, he also followed up, quote, some people are already back in business with us, unquote. So, coming from Safran, who is a great producer, I mean, look, look the, the things he's done, and they're usually movies that people enjoy. I mean, he he, did, he produced the Shazam films, Right. Um, I don't know if he's kind of protecting his new DC, or if, if he's, if he's really being honest, um, but like, let me just say some movies he's produced, uh, Rocket Man, Senseless, Scary Movie, um, <laughs> Jiminy Glick, that's not a good movie, <laughs> um, um, He's had some bad movies too, like Meet the Spartans and Disaster Movie. But he's done some other ones, good ones too, right? Um, Hours, The Conjuring, Mindscape. He's he's produced all these movies: Annabelle, um, Dark Places, The Belko Experiment, which I know a lot of people like. The Nun, Aquaman, Shazam, um, Valley of the Gods, the the Suicide Squad. Shazam Two, Blue Beetle, Aquaman Two, right? He's he's produced all these movies, um, and I I think he knows what's going on, right? And and for him to say that, I'm I'm gonna shed a lot of my anger at the cancellation of it, and maybe be like, oh okay, this is maybe some really understandable stuff. So it sucks that. You know, the Batgirl movie got canceled, and we were going to get more Michael Keaton, and I'm pretty sure um, Brendan Fraser was playing Firefly, and it maybe there were some great performances, but maybe overall the movie just wasn't good. Um, Maybe it's true, and we can kind of put a lot of our fears to rest on that. Um, I'm excited overall, though, for the new DCU. Yes, there's some strange choices, like Booster Gold and um, The Authority, but... I think James Gunn knows what he's doing, and I think a new Superman, it sucks that Henry's not back, but I I get it, he's gonna be 40 this year, it's been 10 years since Man of Steel came out, um, I'm upset to lose, you know, Ben Affleck as Batman, but to get a Batman with a Damien, I'm very excited for, that Grant Morrison run is, is great, um, I just it it's it's a new DC, right? And and I'm gonna be optimistic as a DC fan. So the fact that the Batman's gonna be Else Worlds and stuff, I'm I'm excited for that too, because old DC leadership would never have allowed two Batmans to exist. This one will, and I'm very hopeful for the future. Um, creature commandos, I'm I'm actually very excited for more than I thought I would. And I, I just, I, I like a lot of th- things that James Gunn does. And if he wrote it, I'm, I'm excited. I'm more excited for the Amanda Waller show than any of this, along with Peacemaker Season 2. Um, Viola Davis is literally one of the greatest casting decisions that's ever been made for a character. So, I'm very much looking forward to The Wall. I ho- It needs to be called The Wall. That is Amanda Waller's nickname. It needs to be called The Wall. I won't take anything less. Um, but that's it for Nixner News this week, guys. Thank you guys for listening, as always. Um, make sure to always check out nixnernews.com, where you guys can listen to the show right in your browser. Or if you prefer, you know, listen to the show on the go. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on Google Podcasts. We're on Amazon Music. We're on iHeartRadio. We're, we're like everywhere, um, pretty much. You know, Don't forget to follow us on social media, Nick's News, on your social media platform of choice. Um, also remember, now we're, I'm going to be posting on TikTok, but on my personal, that's on the Nick DeFalco on TikTok. So uh, it's going to be a great year. Like I said, it's it's the start of our fifth year. This is episode 247. 247 in the books, people. Um, February 1st, and uh, I'll catch you guys on the flip side.